Hey everybody, I an article shared with me today. I wanted to get out there and get it off my chest. I think it's important that we continue to define just exactly what it is that's being perpetrated against the American people. When I say American people, I'm not talking about those that are socialistic or communistically inclined and sympathetic. They're moving at a fast pace, folks, and we really need to be paying attention to this. We cannot be apathetic or complacent ourselves. We need to be diligent because this is a battle for the hearts and minds of all Americans. They've already got most of the children, but I assure you they're not going to stop there. First, I want to thank Eric, Brother Eric, who's on most of these live feeds. You know him as my techie. And uh, he sent me this article today. Like I said, I try and stay out of the mix for the most part through the week. But things like this, I think, are important. And we need to, uh, as I said, continually be vigilant and share this information so we understand just exactly whose sandbox it is that we're playing in. So I'm going to read this article. comes from the American Military News, and I'll read the title, Biden Launches Domestic Terrorism Strategy Targeting Anti-Government Ideology, White Supremacy, and more. Uh, and the more, I would only imagine, uh, could be defined as uh, Christian nationalists as well, white Christian nationalists to be exact. So we're going to read through this article real quick, you guys. As I said, I think it's really important. Hi, Ken. Glad to have you. Hi, Sister Kathy. Love you guys. So I'm going to read through this article real quick. We're going to touch on a couple other small little items just to kind of define, as I said, the battleground that we find ourselves in here today in the year 2021, in the year of our Lord. The White House on Tuesday announced President Joe Biden's national strategy for countering domestic terrorism, a first of its kind, well, not really, because they actually uh, implemented something much like this in Nazi Germany. But they're calling it a first-of-its-kind, four-pillared approach to improve how domestic terrorism is actually defined, identified, and combated. The strategy's main aim is to target those with racist or anti-government ideology. I think we'll focus most heavily, I would imagine, on the anti-government ideology, but they need to throw racism in there because in all actuality, socialism is a segregation of peoples by incomes, okay? The rich versus the poor, the haves versus the have-nots, but that approach didn't work very well here in America, seeing how they're fucking all of us out of our money, so we're all going to be equally bankrupt when the dollar finally collapses and loses its final 1.5 cents per dollar uh, purchase power. But anyway, uh, the strategy's main aim is to target those with racist or anti-government ideology, which the administration says is espoused by domestic terrorists. The strategy says that experts and evidence have shown today's domestic terrorists include those who espouse racial or ethnic bigotry and hatred, which, as far as I know, myself, along with all that I know, uh, have not a racial bone in their body, a racist bone in their body, nor have they ever shown me signs of bigotry. 
as well as anti-government or anti-authority sentiment. Now, I'll comment on that little segment there as well. It's not that we're against a constitutional government. We are against the communist overthrow that is taking place here right now. I don't know how many of you people remember. I'm sure I've seen it. People have shared it with me a dozen times over the last eight, nine years. But it was uh, Paul Harvey, uh, and you can find it on YouTube, called If I Were the Devil, which came out, I believe, in 1965. Now, Paul Harvey wasn't a psychic. He couldn't see into the future. What Paul Harvey based the entire video or narrative, If I Were the Devil, what he based that on were the Ten Planks of Communism. The Ten Planks of Communism was created by Karl Marx, the creator of communism. And so that's where Paul Harvey got the entire narrative for If I Were the Devil. And so I think it's important to realize just exactly who and what Paul Harvey was was pointing out when he did that, if I were the devil, because basically that's what he was calling communism, which, you know, is socialism. Socialism is actually just microwave communism. But anyway, the strategy says that experts and evidence have shown today's domestic terrorists includes those who espouse racial or ethnic bigotry and hatred, as well as anti-government and anti-authority sentiment. However, anti-law enforcement ideologies such as those espoused by Antifa and Black Lives Matter were not mentioned in this whatsoever, okay, in his terrorism strategy, his domestic terrorism strategy. So yeah, BLM and Antifa were not mentioned in this whatsoever, nor were any other groups such as Muslim Brotherhood, uh, CARE, Center for American Islamic Relations, uh, both known terrorist organizations that are alive and well and blooming in this United States, if it is in fact still the United States, racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, principally those who promote the superiority of the white race. Now, if anybody is aware of any of these groups somewhere here in this area, I would be really uh, grateful if you would point those organizations out to me. But anyway, we'll go on. A senior administration official told American Military News and other outlets on a Monday press call that the strategy aims to create conditions of public safety and ensure people can express their political views as is appropriate in a democracy. See, now there we go. Let's get to the root of this entire evil because they're calling this once again, which is part of the social programming and brainwashing, anybody that knows anything about anything and has been taught anything in an actual school, you know, uh, a facility of higher learning, knows that this is not a democracy. This is a constitutional republic. Now, only the dumbed down and propagandized would fall for the, you know, views as is appropriate in a democracy. Well, here's a newsflash. This is a constitutional republic. It is not a democracy. And so, there's just another point I need to make. The strategy will entail further support to law enforcement via funding and training to help law enforcement partners identify domestic terror threats and counter those who seek to use violence to achieve their political end, the official said. The administration official also added that the strategy will include enhanced partnerships. Now, I want you to listen to this closely, folks, because some people out there, and I'm not going to mention any names, but there are some people out there that express just a little too much 
out there on the social media outlets and pages. And so when I read this, I want you to bear in mind that what you are doing is building a case against you to validate exactly what it is they're looking to impose upon you with things such as this. So the administration official also added that the strategy will include enhanced partnerships with tech companies in the effort to identify and combat domestic terrorism content online. Now let me define tech companies for you. Facebook, TikTok, um, YouTube, and so many others. Okay, This is what they're talking about when they say they're going to include enhanced partnerships with tech companies. They're going to let you build a dossier against yourself and so it's all right to express yourself I'm not asking for anybody to muzzle themselves let freedom ring I believe in freedom of speech but when people are talking about popping melons and other stupid shit talk like that is just absolute rubbish and that's what they're looking for they're looking for that type of mentality to inflict upon you exactly what this is intended to inflict the official said the administration is working with tech companies as to facilitate their more assertive voluntary enforcement of their terms of service on their platforms. Now is it becoming more clear? To protect other users from those who might pose threats of violence. So let's remember that there are numerous radicalized institutions from around the world that practice their wares on YouTube and Facebook, but yet Donald Trump is banned from most, if not all of them. Uh, keep that in mind as we reemphasize the white nationalist extremists, okay? The strategy also aims to foster programming that can build digital literacy. In other words, they can read the algorithms and find you without looking for you. A, a, an alarm will go off in Google land and they will zero in on your post. So what it's saying is they can build digital literacy and other forms of resilience to domestic terrorist recruitment online as well as malicious content for extremists. Now listen, if there are people out there that are racist and bigots and looking to harm other individuals, innocent individuals, simply because of their religious affiliation, sexual preference, or political affiliation, um, I would oppose that as I would imagine most everybody listening to me right now and will listen in the future uh, would agree that we're not looking to inflict uh, any type of harm upon any human being. Uh, but we're not looking to be slapped around neither. Domestic terrorism driven by hate, bigotry, and other forms of extremism is a stain on the soul of America. And I couldn't agree more, as I'm certain most of you uh, would agree with that as well. It goes against everything our country strives for, and it poses a direct challenge to our national security, democracy, and unity. And there they are with that again. Uh, Biden said in a statement on Tuesday, well, number one, I can't imagine Biden said that at all. I've listened to this muttering moron, and uh, I, most of it's not even legible. The strategy also suggests policy changes will follow in the Department of Homeland Security, Department of Defense, and Department of Justice. The strategy calls for the Department of Defense to develop a plan to ensure that people recruited into the military and those separating or retiring from the military 
are worthy of the role of a military member and are not preyed upon, the official said. In other words, they're just mindless dupes that are being sucked into these uh, militias and other organizations that are pro-patriot, pro-America, you know, nationalists, American nationalists. Yeah, that's what a nationalist is, that you're loyal to your country and vie on its behalf in survival. Secretary of Defense Lloyd J. Austin called the strategy a milestone in our country's efforts to address a serious and growing security threat. Okay, now there are many other security threats. I don't know that this is even in the top 10, but whatever, we'll play along. And vowed the Department of Defense's support, including its robust relationship with federal law enforcement. Because, of course, this is, for the most part, uh, the federal government propagating this bullshit against the American people, the patriotic American people, the conservative patriotic people, because if you voted for Trump, I assure you, you are included in this list and you are going to be grouped in with this title. Austin also said supporting the strategy includes Department of Defense's refining our policies to better address this issue within the department. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said the DHS is undertaking a number of actions as part of an all-of-government effort to fight domestic terrorism, including open-source information to identify and counter threats, among others. Open-source, again, would be uh, your social media pages, I assure you. And don't forget emails and, and many other things, text messages. Nothing is private, folks, and that's something that people have just for whatever reason, just absolutely surrendered over your anonymity, your right to privacy, uh, among many, many other things. It's been a slow, methodical uh, chipping away of people's desire to remain private. You know, I remember that scene in The Godfather where his son kind of spoke out of turn as they were talking, uh, and uh, he chewed his kid's ass out and said, don't ever let anyone know what you're thinking. And that's a very good practice. Try and keep those things to yourself. It's nobody's business what you are thinking. Violent extremism has been designated a national priority area. And Department of Homeland Security's Homeland Security grants allocating $77 million to prevent and respond to domestic violent extremism. So they've got a lot of money to hunt you down and search you out because I assure you they're not looking for terrorists, folks. If they were, we would see BLM who are admitted, okay, and I'm not even going to bring up the atheistic aspect of the uh, facilitators of BLM. I'm just going to simply point out the political affiliation, which they brag about constantly, and that is their Marxist training that they've had. They are uh, astute Marxists, which again comes back to Paul Harvey's If I Were the Devil, which is exactly what he was talking about, and that is The Ten Planks of Communism, um, which again, like I said, was written by Karl Marx, the founder of communism. And so, folks, I want to remind people of something when we look at this. You know, they say that, that those who, who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. Okay, and so I want to look at a lot of these things. You know, everybody's calling everybody else a Nazi or a fascist or, a, you know, if it quacks like a duck, waddles like a duck, swims like a duck, folks, it's a duck. And so we have to look at the ideologies and the policies that are being implemented by who in order to assign any type of a title or affiliation to that particular group. And so I would just look back through history. You know, I want to point something out that I think a lot of people overlook. 
And that is that how many American corporations during the Holocaust, okay, during the Nazi reign of Germany, how many American corporations were actually part of? Because Germany was broke due to the Treaty of Versailles, you know, the war reparations that were inflicted upon Germany for World War I, and everybody was basically starving to death. It was a country of absolute poverty, which made for a beautiful jumping-off point for somebody like Adolf Hitler, who was condoned and uh, supported largely by many uh, American uh, leaders, elected officials, uh, corporations, and not just here in America, but abroad as well. There were many that came from Europe. Uh, Hitler didn't just print that money. They tried that, and that's why a wheelbarrow of money is what it took to buy a loaf of bread in post-World War One, post-Treaty of Versailles, uh, Germany, making, like I said, the fields ripe for somebody like Adolf Hitler to come along and say, look, I have a dream. And so one of the... Uh, companies. Number one on the list is the International Business Machines. If you don't uh, recognize that name, it's better known as IBM. In 1933, International Business Machines, or IBM, began providing Germany with punch card machines that functioned as precursors to modern computers and databases. Documents have since been uncovered that showed that as late as 1941, IBM was working in tandem with the Reich to liquidate Jews from Holland. IBM employees were training SS personnel how to use their machines to record the movement, sorting, and mass execution of large numbers of undesirables, i.e. Jews. At times, right in the headquarters of death camps, the machines, however, remained IBM property at all times. In 2002, IBM was sued by five gypsies to collect reparations because their parents had been killed during the Holocaust. After four years of legal discussion, the case was dismissed due to the statute of limitations. It's the only reason they did not win. And so there are many, many others, folks. We can go back to General Motors. General Motors was a huge player in the German war machine. And the reason I'm pointing this out, folks, is because I want to show you how absolutely blatantly evil the existing government here in America today genuinely is, okay? They can play innocent, like they're, they're all lovey, cuddly. They really care about you, and they just, you know, that's why there's so many homeless in the country. That's why they've allowed the Federal Reserve to fuck us out of our wealth and absolutely bleed off all wealth from this nation, leaving nothing but a penny and a half in purchase power on the American dollar. They want to talk about the greatest threat to the United States right now. It would be your current fiat monetary system that was robbed from Congress in 1913 along with the advent of the IRS which is the second largest fucking machine in the world. But yeah, General Motors was a huge player. Uh, similar to their automotive rivals, General Motors was sued by Holocaust survivors, survivors as well for assisting the Nazi war machine beginning in 1935. GM built a factory in Berlin for the purpose of building blitz trucks for the Weichmark. Ford began building similar trucks around the same time, but GM was the number one producer of the vehicles that were vital for the quick conquest of Poland, France, and much of the Soviet Union. Yeah. Ford Motor Company, of course, was huge. The Ford International Weekly newspaper that uh, Henry Ford put out himself called the Dearborn Independent, uh, one of the headlines from May 22, 1920, read, The International Jew, the World's Problem 
when Hitler pays tribute to you in his biography and keeps a portrait of you in his office, which he did, he kept a portrait of Henry Ford in his office, it would be hard for you to claim that you did not have some connection with him. However, Henry Ford didn't seem particularly inclined to distance him, uh, his company from himself, from the Nazis. As a matter of fact, uh, one of Henry Ford's factories were accidentally bombed during a bombing raid in Nazi Germany. And Henry Ford actually sued the U.S. government for the bombing of his factory over there that was building war machines for the Nazi regime, and he actually won and was paid reparations for the bombing of that building as he aided uh, the Nazi regime. Uh, Alcoa, I don't know if any of you know this, is it's now the third largest aluminum producer in the world, but back in 1941 it was much more powerful. It had a monopoly on aluminum in addition to owning a massive amount of America's electricity production and other minerals. Another large contributor to the Nazi regime. Uh, a lot of people might not have known this. The Woolworth, I don't know if you remember F.W. Woolworth Company. Yeah, the big store outlet. Another huge contributor to the Nazi regime. Brown Brothers Harriman. During the early 1930s, Fritz Tyson ran a business that he used to help finance Adolf Hitler's rise to power. Brown Brothers Harriman. I don't know, some of you might remember that from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. The Harriman, same Harriman family. Uh, huge money family. That's when you talk about H.W. Uh, Bush, uh, George H.W. Bush. One of those is Harriman, was named after this. Um, but it was a subsidiary company that he used as a base of American operations. The collusion of, uh, is of particular note because it was integral uh, to the basis of the claim that Prescott Bush, uh, George H.W. Bush's father of the ex-president George Bush, and of course grandfather of ex-president George W. Bush, supported the Third Reich. He was on the board of directors for BBH, and in 1942 the company's assets were actually seized by the federal government. Suspicions then arose that some assets were taken as part of the Bush family fortune. Uh, these, among other reasons, came to light in 2003 as part of a presidential campaign uh, and make it appear that the Bush family owed their fortune to Nazi activities. Um, not sure that that's actually true, but it is true that uh, Prescott Bush did, in fact, uh, funnel money to the Nazi regime. That is fact. Dow Chemical is another huge contributor to the Nazi war machine. Uh, it's not too much of a stretch for many people to imagine oil companies collaborating with evil people. Uh, we're used to the mental image of oil companies being willing to prop up evil dictators to have access to petroleum and similar atrocities. Dow Chemical was one of the companies that provided an insane amount of materials for the Nazis, uh, including not only raw materials, but also American technology innovations in regards to oil refinery. The contributions were so extreme that it allowed the Nazis to forego their previous quotas to accommodate the influx. This indicates the Nazis were taken by surprise in regard to how much material they received from these American companies. No wonder they were able to achieve the massive uh, armament buildup that they did. Chase Manhattan Bank. Chase Manhattan Bank's form of colluding with the Reich was particularly heinous because Carlos Niederman, uh, Chase's representative in Paris had very good personal relationships with the Nazis. He agreed to their request that the bank seize the assets of at least 100 uh, Parisian Jews and were considered especially worth pursuing by the Reich. Uh, this doubtless helped the Gestapo capture those people. 
But anyway, Chase Manhattan was hardly alone in this, though in 1998 the company was part of a suit demanding reparations from J.P. Morgan and Citibank for the millions of dollars stolen. In the end, the payouts were only uh, $200 a month. The survivors and descendants had to fight to not have large amounts of the payments eaten up by wire transfer fees. Metro Goldwyn Meyer, you know, MGM, the movie studio. Yeah, prior to World War II, Germany had been one of America's most important film markets. Um, and as much American film studios were willing to bend over backward to appease the uh, German government, even Warner Brothers, who developed uh, a reputation of being the most anti-Nazi of major studios at the time, ordered that the word Jew be taken out of their movies and invited Nazi dignitaries to visit their studios. Yeah, so there were a lot of people, folks. Coca-Cola. Yeah, Coca-Cola was a major presence in Nazi Germany, even though officials in the Reich were said to believe the stuff was too frivolous. For the German character, nevertheless, the very American nature of the product, well, flashy dreams, etc., appealed too much to the German public, and the stuff was kept around. It wasn't until 1942 that the company's presence in the nation was seriously threatened. Coca-Cola's hundreds of bottling plants in Germany were naturally cut off from Maine American support when America entered World War II, but Max Keith, the representative of the company in Germany at the time, redubbed the product Fanta for Reich consumption. So if you want to know where Fanta came from, you remember that soda pop, I'm sure. That's where it came from. The bottling factories and processing plants were then used to provide Germany's citizens a key element to keep their energy up to support the war effort. So anyway, that's just a brief rundown on just how diabolically evil the U.S. government actually is and the corporations that claim to be so woke in today's society. And I'm not going to go on about the rest of that. I'm going to get over to this. I want to read something. And folks, I think it's important that we remember this because so many times we see people, especially elected officials, that talk about the Constitution, and that's great. In the First Amendment, of course, and we're all familiar with it, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. They really like to beat that one home, you know, the, uh, or the right of the people to peaceably uh, to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. We're talking to a deaf, dumb and blind government today, folks, because it is no longer an American government. It has been overrun by too many things that dilute what our government actually was intended for. It's been uh, obviously diluted by Islam individuals. We know the ones, Alexandria ocasio Kotax, who is a staunch socialist, I'm sure, Ilan Omar, and so many others. Um, and they're slowly but surely uh, running for these elected positions. And they're winning, folks, because, as I said before, very few good people that actually want to defend the American culture, which is not to say that people need to abandon their cultures. It is to say that this is America, and we do indeed, and in fact, have our American culture, and they are looking to obliterate that. But the one thing they always seem to forget, and it's something I pointed out during the uh, uh, or, uh President Trump and uh, dipshit Joe Squishy Pants pedophile during their debates, right there behind them on a great big huge blue screen in white letters read a segment of the text from the Declaration of Independence. 
And so I'm going to read that, and I'll emphasize when I get to the part that I think is really important. Having just read the, the segment of the Constitution, the First Amendment, that says that we can peaceably assemble uh, for a redress of grievances, like I said, to a deaf, dumb, and blind government that no longer represents the American people, we are on a path of, of suicide for this nation. And anybody that cannot see that or embraces it, endorses it, is a fool. And so the text from the Declaration of Independence is as follows. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitled them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute the government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety, happiness, prudence indeed will dictate the governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. I think it's important that we not forget that, even though the government in place now wants to call us a democracy and ignore the fact that we are indeed a constitutional republic. They also want to constantly point out the peaceful uh, gathering of Americans for a redress of grievances while they ignore the fact that much of the Declaration of Independence, which, like I said, was huge background drop behind Donald Trump and Joe Squishy Pants the Pedophile. Um, so it's important to remember this, folks. I want you to understand where this threat is coming from. I'm going to go to another one here I think is very important. This is the Institu Institute for Constitutional Advocacy and Protection, uh, and it was written by Georgetown Ur University Law Center, and it was written to Governor Greg Abbott. This was written in January 20th of 2021, and what I'm trying to point out here, folks, is while people go about their daily business, there is a huge army of individuals looking to destroy what little freedom you have left, and they are working diligently, tirelessly, to accomplish this. And the letter, le letter reads, RE, Unlawful Militia Violence and Leg Legislative Recommendations. And again, this comes from Georgetown University Law Center. And we know what the universities are all about now. Dear Governor Abbott, 
I am a legal director of Georgetown University Law Center's Institute for Constitutional Advocacy and Protection. The ICAP, our mission is to defend American constitutional rights and values in and out of court. Over the past several years, as a result of successful litigation, we brought against militia organizations that participated in the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia in 2017. I'm sure we all remember that clearly. And uh, rightfully so, Virginia is shitting all over the constitutional rights of the individuals of that state. We have developed expertise and strategies to address the dangers created by unauthorized private paramilitary activity, particularly as it occurs during and in response to public demonstrations. I'm writing to share ICAP's expertise and urge you and law enforcement officials in Texas to take action to address the growing threat posed by unlawful militia groups in your states. Nothing about BLM or Antifa and all the destruction that they've wreaked across this nation, of course, once again. We also urge you to pass legislation to provide additional ways to combat unlawful paramilitary activity, as well as to enact legislation criminalizing domestic terrorism. These measures would give Texas law enforcement officials the tools they need to address the grave risk extremist violence poses to public safety and security, regardless of the underlying motivation of the terrorist actor. Background, unauthorized private militia groups present a significant threat to public safety when they are present at public demonstrations. Now, I don't recall, other than perhaps some fist-fighting interaction, which is going to happen, and most of that is orchestrated by the local governments of those cities, communities, where this actually does take place, because it's typically your democratically shithole-run uh, cities. Such groups recently organized events in Washington, D.C. and participated in the violent attack on the U.S. Capitol in January 6, 2021. As near as I remember, uh, a 14-year Air Force veteran woman was shot in the chest, and to my knowledge, I still have yet to identify the individual that worked for the government that actually shot her in the chest. They've also been involved in dangerous armed events. Okay, armed events, they're very generic when they use this terminology, as though there was a crime perpetrated when, in fact, they were just exercising their Second Amendment right to bear arms, which shall not be infringed. But anyway, in dangerous armed events at state capitals throughout the country, and current reporting indicates many of these groups are planning more unlawful armed private paramilitary activity in coming days. Whether engaging in their own demonstrations or attending demonstrations purporting to protect persons and property, these groups often are heavily armed, which they have that right, and they often claim either that they will provide backup for law enforcement or that they have the authority to engage in law enforcement functions on their own. In addition to the violence and destruction witnessed at the Capitol, yeah, nothing that compared to what BLM and Antifa have done, but I digress. The presence of armed, coordinated paramilitary groups also has resulted in violent clashes with other demonstrators. Yeah, mutually violent, I will add, but of course they're not being mentioned in here at all. Their presence also has made it more dangerous for law enforcement officers to maintain public safety. I don't see that freaking public uh, law enforcement officers were maintaining a fucking thing, number one. So let's get that straight. That is nothing but bullshit. They were maintaining no public safety as the cities burned, as people were being shot, beaten, maimed, stolen from, looted. I don't see that the frickin' law enforcement did jack shit. So that's what I got to say about that part. 
and to keep themselves safe. Yeah, well, it's all about their fucking safety, isn't it? You know, protect and serve. You chose your job. If you don't like it, become a florist. And has led to confusion as to who is lawfully authorized to keep the peace. We all have a right to defend ourselves, folks. As a recent report from the Texas Department of Public Safety explains, unauthorized paramilitary groups are a significant threat to public safety in Texas. For example, in September 2018, members of the Texas Patriot Network, an unauthorized militia group, clashed with counter-protesters. See, and it just makes it sound like it's one-sided that the Texas Patriot Network were the only ones advocating violence here. But anyway, clashed with counter-protesters during a demonstration at the Islamic Society of North America Conference in Houston, resulting in at least one injury. Oh, too bad. Before the event, members of the group openly discussed online their plans to attack the counter-protesters. The recently unauthorized private militia groups have shown up at racial justice and election-related demonstrations in Texas and have engaged in violence against those with whom they disagree. For example, in July 2020, hundreds of counter-protesters descended on a protest against a Confederate monument in Weatherford, Texas. That counter-protesters that they failed to mention in here is the BLM. So I'll just point that out real quick. But anyway, again, I digress. But anyway, they were there to tear down a Confederate monument in, in uh, Weatherford, Texas, and these individuals showed up. Um, and of course, there was an altercation, and so be it. Resulting clash between groups and two arrests. Wow, two arrests. According to media reports, many of the counter-protesters were armed meaning uh, a sniper's nest was set up on top of a truck and a man squatted with his rifle aimed at the group of 50 or so protesters. After the Texas Freedom Fighters and the Union of 3% American Patriots, two unauthorized private militia groups made a statewide call for the people to come to Weatherford to defend the Confederate statue and fight Antifa leaders. Members of these groups attended the counter-protesters increasing the risk of violence absent a serious response to this kind of dangerous activity. The potential remains for future confrontations between militia groups and protesters, resulting in the chilling uh, of constitutionally protected speech and assembly, the destruction of property, and serious violence. Yeah. Well, we all know the truth about this, folks, but what I'm trying to do is just take a verbal paintbrush and with a few strokes show you just exactly what's taking place. You, while you sleep, are being villainized, and what comes next, much like it did in Nazi Germany, is then you are going to be criminalized, and then you're going to be no better than an animal in the eyes, because, you know, they look at us as, and I'll speak for myself and nobody else, as a Christian conservative, and yet I am the real threat because I refuse to be vaccinated with this freaking poison that is killing thousands of people and maiming many, many others. Those of us that are actually awake and still have two residual brain cells left to rub together uh, to create a, a complete thought are not stupid to the fact of what it is they're trying to do with these vaccines. It's very clear what they're attempting to do and anybody that can't see that, God help you. So I'm not going to read the rest of this. It's pretty long. But the whole point is, folks, that there are many. Remember when I told you back some live feeds ago that of all the people that you believe shaped this nation as it sits today, the fact remains that there are many, many people whose names you have never, ever heard of that will gladly stay in the background behind the curtain while they move and groove and complete their task of warfare against this constitutional republic, not a democracy, I say again. 
And so we need to remain active, folks, and I've said this many, many times. There's another video out there, and I wish you would watch it. I don't know how many of you remember McCarthyism, and, and a lot of people today try and make this guy out to be a nut job, okay, that he was looking for communism in all the places it didn't, didn't exist, when the fact actually is it did exist. Communism was extremely prevalent in Hollywood at that time and among many other organizations, but Hollywood was a vestige, a nest of communism. And if you watch that video I've recommended numerous times, and it's called Agenda, Grinding America Down, and if you have the time, I, I strongly, strongly urge you to watch this video. It is about an hour long, and I promise you, you will be, you will learn things that you did not know before, and I think that's important because this is a war of, of information. I miss Alex Jones um, a lot. Is is crazy as he may have sounded, the guy was 99.9% .9 right, 99.9% .9 of the time, um, and so I miss that voice of truth, even like I said, as animated and crazy as he seemed, um, he was a showman and he got the news out and it was the truth for the most part. No, it's not Sunday, Rodney. I uh, just had some information I wanted to share, but I've got a couple other things. Something else I want to point out too that we're, they're going to lump in with this just white nationalism is white Christian radicalization is a violent threat. Okay, and again, I just want you to be aware, folks. Please pay attention to the world around you. Listen, read between the lines and see what's happening. They are painting you a criminal as we speak, as you raise your family, as you love your grandchildren and children, as you go about your life. They are in the process of painting you as a violent, hateful criminal because it suits their narrative. They need an enemy. So they can't split us by income, and so they're going to split us by race. It is just kind of a distorted rendition of socialism because that's what socialism is. It is income uh, division, the haves and the have-nots, as I said, and they can't accomplish that objective here in America because our dollar is basically worthless. Um, even though we still have a wide divide between the haves and have-nots. But the fact is, they're going to separate us with socialism via racism because that's the next best thing. Something else I want to touch on real quick, and I hope you can see this. If not, I'm going to enlarge it perhaps a little bit. But there's been great talk lately about this movement of the ATF, and I hope you can see that. Here, I'm going to cover me up over on this side, and I'm going to pull this up. But this is what the ATF is in the process of doing. And I think it's important we keep an eye on this because the ATF is not Congress. And where they get off making laws and why it's even allowed, maybe this is a democracy now. Maybe I missed the memo, okay? Maybe I didn't get the email. And maybe we're no longer a constitutional republic. Maybe we are, in fact, nothing but a socialist democracy. Perhaps that is the truth, and I am wrong. But, again, I digress. Washington, D.C., on Monday, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, you remember the ATF, the ones that killed all those people in Waco, Texas? Yeah, the same sons of bitches that went up on Ruby Ridge, yeah, and shot a mother while she held her infant, shot her in the head while she held her infant baby in her arms, killed his son as well. Um, yeah, just another feather in the cap of uh, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. And explosives, of course, they put the E on there now, released a proposed rule on pistol braces. 
It starts by saying that any brace that the manufacturer intends to be fired from the shoulder will be considered a short-barreled rifle and subjected to the National Firearms Act, NFA. The document further creates a points system that would allow the ATF to make most pistol braces, SBRs. The maximum length of a pistol would be 26 inches. That would make any AR-15 style pistol with a barrel over 7 inches an SBR regardless of any other determination features. The measurements of a 7 inch AR pistol from the rear of the buffer tube to the front of the gun are 25 inches. The document reads, given the public interest surrounding these issues, ATF is proposing, and I'd like to know what public interests. I don't know that there's actually any public interest in this except for those that are stupid enough to ignore history and believe that taking the guns away will all of a sudden abate uh, evil. But anyway, ATF is proposing to de- uh, amend the definition of rifle in 27 CFR 478.11 and 479.11, respectively, by adding a sentence at the end of each definition. The new sentence would clarify that the term rifle includes any whip weapon with a rifled barrel and equipped with an attached stabilizing brace that has objective design features and characteristics that indicate the firearm was designed to be fired from the shoulder as indicated on ATF Worksheet 4999. So again, like I said, I'm not going to read all of this. I just want to make you people aware. You can go read this for yourself if you have the uh, want to do so. But uh, this is just really bothering me, folks, that I believe most people are still just fucking asleep while our rights are being pissed on by a government that no longer freaking represents the American people. I think that's more than obvious. White Christian radicalization is a violent threat. I mean, this stuff just goes on. If you'd have told me as a child that these are the things that I would be reading, seeing, and experiencing pre-60, yeah, I would have told you you were daft. But anyway, I appreciate you being here, folks. Do your homework. Stay awake. Stay alert. Exercise your rights. Exercise your freedoms, or they're going to go away. I promise you they're looking to strip you of all rights. You like your home? They don't like uh, private property even. They're looking to strip you of private property rights even. Catch a clue, folks, because it's coming fast and they're not resting while most patriotic Americans are just still grieving over the fact that Trump was screwed out of the election. Whether he was or not is irrelevant. Life goes on and the fight continues, everybody, and Trump's not coming back on a white horse to save us. I don't believe the American dollar is going to last the year. I believe October, November, we're going to see the complete collapse of the American dollar. And what's to take it place? I can only guess probably some type of digital currency, but I promise you it's coming. And so I'll say once again, kick that horse one more time. Get your money out of the banks. Divest from the petrodollar as much as can be possible. Love you guys. I appreciate you showing up participating again sorry to throw y'all off and no it's not sunday no it's not sunday at eight um but i thought it was important that we do this and get this information out hi Marilyn. hi mike hi everybody there brother Corey barnum good evening to you too brother so anyway love you guys god bless all of you keep your heads on a swivel because i assure you the enemy is hard at work shameful that we even have to say that but the fact is communism 
slash socialism is looking to destroy this nation, and they're doing a damn good fucking job. So God bless you all. We'll see you later.